welcome into the second edition of the Global Game from the World Baseball Softball Confederation, talking all things baseball and softball and baseball five as we uh, get closer and closer to the Tokyo Olympic Games coming up later this summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Hi, everybody. My name is Tyler Mon. Great to hang out with you on this week's episode of the show. If you did not catch our first episode, uh, well, you can go back and listen to it right now. You obviously have found us uh, here wherever you are tuned in to this week's edition of the podcast the global game from wbsc our very first edition uh featured a couple of future olympic participants that is israel's veteran infielder ian kinsler on the baseball side and softball legend kat osterman who kicked things off on the softball side for us uh, who will be playing for the united states in the tokyo games here this year and uh, we are set for some more fun today talking olympics and uh talking all things baseball and softball as we get closer and closer to the opening ceremony coming up here in Tokyo later this summer. And uh, we've got two more well-known baseball and softball names for you on this month's edition of the Global Game from WBSC. We will open things up on the softball side. Jen Salling, who is one of the greatest shortstops to ever play the game, uh, former collegiate national champion in the United States, a native of British Columbia, and a longtime stalwart on uh, Softball Canada's rosters across the international spectrum. Jen Salling will join us. She has returned to her side for the Olympic Games here in 2021, providing uh, a very dynamic uh, veteran presence in Canada's lineup, one of the six teams that has qualified for the softball field in Tokyo this year. And on the baseball side, we'll have a conversation with a manager of still what is an Olympic hopeful team, and that is the United States, a former longtime major leaguer and World Series champion, both playing and managerial-wise, and that's Mike Sosha, who took over the reins of the USA Baseball uh, top-level national team, the senior national team, professional national team, uh, headed toward the Olympic Games. That squad will be set and will be ready to compete in the America's Olympic Qualifier, which is coming up from May 31st to June 5th in the United States uh, at a couple of different locations in St. Lucie and in Palm Beach in Florida. Uh, you can get tickets for those events right now, which uh, it'll be so great to see fans back in the stands. And there is a tremendously talented group of eight teams, uh, which will be getting set to uh, go to work to try to earn that one berth to the Olympic Games coming up later on in the summer. The structure for the qualifier for that event, top place finishing team will move on to Tokyo. And the second and third place teams coming out of that qualifier for the Baseball Americas qualifier late May and into early June, they will move on to the final global qualifier to take place later in June in Taiwan. So this is a crucial field. Uh, the easiest way to earn the ticket is get the top spot in that Americas qualifier. And the eight countries that will be taking part, uh, the United States will square off with Nicaragua in the opening day of that tournament on May 31st. Puerto Rico will play the Dominican Republic. Venezuela will square off with Cuba. And Colombia will battle Canada as all eight teams uh, try to make their first move in that six-day event. Like I said, the second and third place teams will move on to the final global qualifier, which will be in Taiwan later on in the month of June, and that will uh, finally round out the field for baseball in the 2020 Tokyo Games, rescheduled to this year here in 2021. On the softball side, that field is all set, and a participant and a longtime legend of her nation's softball history uh, Jen Salling joins the show to talk about Canada's re-entry into the Olympic Games, looking for some redemption and to take the next step as a national program as the Tokyo Games are on the horizon. Jen Salling and her teammates eager to go. I spoke with her from training camp in Florida in the United States. Continuing along this week on this monthly edition of the Global Game from the World Baseball Softball Confederation as we dive into some softball conversation ahead of the rescheduled Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games coming up here just in a couple of months with one of the best shortstops in the history of the game and Jen Salling who joins us uh, actually from Canada training camp right now in Florida getting set for the Olympics. We were talking a, a little bit before we started recording. You're sitting like by a pool at the house where you're staying. Ordinarily, I'd be like, well, coming out of that Canadian winter, it'll be nice to get some yeah. warm weather. I'm very jealous of you right now. <laughs> Thank you. Well, first, I'm super <laughs> excited to be on this podcast. Um, yeah, I'm, we're Southwell Canada's officially reported for our first phase of centralization, if you will, since COVID. And we are practicing five, six times a week and on the grind. So it's been awesome for us to come together as a team because we had been apart for about, 
I mean, almost a year or so. So it's nice to have everyone back together again. I would imagine. And it's, uh, you know, we're obviously so thrilled to have you on. And it's such a strange time for us to have conversations with athletes prepping for the Olympics because we have the obligatory, what's the last year been like for you question. And the thing that's interesting about, um, you know, when I was doing prep for for this story and conversation with you, I watched a, a news piece that the Seattle area NBC affiliate did on you. And it mm. was like, two days before everything shut down in the United States, um, which is so crazy to think about and to look back, especially on those last couple of days where it's like everything still kind of felt normal. There's a conversation, there's a video of you, you know, working with kids at UW in Seattle, your alma mater where you won a national championship. And then all of a sudden the world closes down. So what has the last year been like for you? And especially being so close, talked about this last week with Kat Osman, you're only a few months away. And then all of a sudden you're in this holding pattern for a year. What's it been like since March of 2020 for you? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's obviously been, it's a, been a whirlwind for everybody in the world, um, specific, specifically for our team, of course. Um, we've just really, I think the theme of this past year for our team has just been adapt and compensate and adjust with whatever is thrown our way. Um, and I, I truly think our team has done an absolute, such an awesome job of that overall. Um, camp is supposed to be this time. Nope, not happening. It's canceled. Then a month, month later, camp is supposed to be this time. Nope, not happening. It's canceled. So I think just the adaptability um, that our team has shown as a collective overall has been incredibly impressive. And um, obviously this past year for the world and a lot of people have gone through some serious um, tragedies and incredibly sad, sad, sad times, whether that's losing loved ones, um, losing businesses. Um, and I feel for those people so, so much. Um, but from an Olympic preparation standpoint, our team, COVID could have been the best thing that ever happened to our team. Um, I'm super impressed by people's like self-reflection and the awareness that people have shown in um, one, just perspective on life, but specifically um, from a softball preparation standpoint and what do I need to be better at? How can I get better at that? And um, just seeking out ways to be creative to better your game um, upon reflecting of previous seasons. And every single human that's here today at this camp has gotten better in some way, shape or form. So I'm, it's been really, really cool to see that. What was that period of reflection like for you? Cause obviously you've had a, a career with your national team that goes back to when you were a teenager, you've been somebody who's been a, a household name in the sport for a long time. And you're one of the people that I think most fans would look at and go, well, she doesn't need to improve on anything. It's that's a great for a reason, but for you being an athlete who knows that there's always something to work on, there's always something to prep for. Um, what has your focus been over the last year on, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. This is the, the element of my game that I want to have, you know, kind of rounded, fine-tuned before we get to Tokyo. For sure. I think for me, just being um, the age that I'm at, you know, about to be 34 years old, one of the biggest things for me is being physically fit, right? Being in the best possible shape um, and just maintaining my health, um, both mentally and physically, right? And then on top of that, just specifically from like a hitting standpoint, just really ref reflecting on previous seasons and um, thinking about ways to um, like maximize my swing more, um, whether that be more power, hitting more balls in the air, um, hitting a specific pitch better. Um, so I think in general, it would I would just say just overall physical fitness piece and just maintaining my health um, and just continuing to master the swing, master specific pitches, master specific locations. And that's truly what I think has kept me in this game for so long is that softball and baseball mastery is really like, I think it's almost like unattainable in our yeah. sport. Every single day you're being humbled and every single day you're being challenged and you never have it figured out. And I, I love that challenge. I love that piece of it. And I truly think that's what's kept me in it for so long. 
Well, let's go back to the the start of your career. You get a chance to to take the field for the first time uh, with the national team. I know as far back as as the 06 WBSC World Championships, back before WBSC was the name of this organization. And, um, you know, you're still a teenager and you get to be the the young athlete playing on a, a really talented roster. Um, you come in fifth in that World Championships. And then there's that progression. 2010, you're on a team that finishes uh, with bronze. 2012, you finish fourth. But the last two times out, bronze again. When you look back if you were able to go back and talk with that 2006 version of Jen who is just kind of wide-eyed I would imagine and, and being in that national team environment for the first time what do you think that conversation would be like with what her experience is at that stage and where you are now in your career yeah I I think when you're you're that young I think you're just trying to figure out how to own your preparation and how to own your journey. And a lot of that is by watching and observing um, people that are older than you and people who have more experience than you. Um, so I think just you're figuring out your way when they're that young, right? You're figuring out who you are, um, what you believe in, what is it gonna look like? How am I gonna do it? Just the self-awareness piece, the self-reflection, the honesty, having on like honest conversations with yourself, what that feels like. And I think, um, from then to now, I think that that's been one of the biggest things or biggest adjustments is like just knowing how to train with intention and quality over quantity, right? And what does it look like to prepare at a world-class level um, with extreme intention and purposefulness, right? And are you leaving the softball field every single day getting better in some way, shape or form? And a lot of that has to do with evaluating yourself, honestly. Um, so I would say that's the biggest thing, just the, the awareness, the intention, um, how purposeful is my work and just knowing, knowing what I'm looking for um, out of myself, so. When you were um, first coming into the the national team program, it's it's very quick from that first world championships to then your first Olympics action in 2008. Mm -hmm. And I cannot imagine the excitement of being 20, 21 years old and, you know, going through those first few days, the the trips, the jitters, being in Beijing, being a part of a team that, um, you know, gets there and you're playing for a medal and all of that. Um, take me through as we're now, you know, over a decade removed from it, the Olympics experiences, you remember it when you look back, how do you encapsulate that when, when you have those memories? Honestly, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to give this Olympic journey another go, another experience was because that, that week went by so fast. I just didn't really understand how to like slow life down, life meaning like the experiences in the village, everything outside of the softball field. And then on top of that, slow things down in game right? Huh. Almost like the mental performance piece, the mental performance side of it, right? Just like your ability to execute skills, to be in the present moment, to really, really um, embrace legitimately where your feet are. So I, I think just that week went by so fast. And there's so many things that I, I'm so glad Kaylee Rafter is still here because she's just like our memory bank, like that, our catcher, she's our starting catcher. She was in the 08 Olympics too. And her memory is just out of this world. And there'll be things I'm like, Kaylee, how do you remember that? Like what in the world? Thank God she's a catcher. That's obviously why she's a catcher. But, um, and there's just things that I'm just like, ah, oh, like, I don't remember that. And it's frustrating because I want to remember it, but, and that's something that I've taken into now. Like I've just been very, very conscious and diligent about like, enjoying every step of this next opportunity, you know, or this next chance of like really trying to make an Olympic roster and hopefully get to experience another Olympic games and just immerse myself in the moment and just be as present as possible to just breathe, take deep breaths and just go moment to moment, pitch to pitch, inning to inning, game to game, and um, be able to like really clearly self-reflect and, um, enjoy it. <laughs> Which is uh, uh, an aspect of the Olympics that I don't feel like, you know, average uh, people like me have any concept of, of that whirlwind feeling of, you know, we flip on the opening ceremonies and it's like, awesome, we have two weeks of this or whatever it is. But when you're an athlete, it goes by so quickly. Um, to have been now 
in so many different international engagements. Um, what has it been like watching the Softball Canada program grow over your time? And especially one of the things I love about talking with Canadian athletes is how much there's, there's so much pride in paving the way for the next generation and who comes up after you and the young players who are, you know, the kids who you're working with. I know you started playing when you were five, the five-year-olds now who are going to be on an Olympic team sometime in a couple of decades. Um, when you've watched the program grow from whether it was 06 and those world championships or 08 in Beijing to now, what stands out most to you about that progression? Oh gosh. Um, I think what I'm so proud of is the commitment and the level of loyalty that this group of women has shown, not only for like the sport of softball as a collective, um, but for our country. Like people could have easily left after 2008, 2009, or after we won a gold medal in 2015 and just kind of moved on with their lives. But even though the Olympics were not in, our team, majority of the humans that are majority of the humans that are here, we've been together for either for like 13, 14 years or like six to eight years or some girls three years, right? But everyone has like stuck through it, right? And if people have left, it's because they've wanted kind of to just to take a different path or maybe their love is just kind of moving, taking them in a different direction. But I'm so proud of the group of women that have just stuck this through because they love softball and because they want to leave Softball Canada better than they found it. And I know that's a huge motivator for me being a part of the 2008 Olympics and wanting to do this again was we have a really cool opportunity as a country right now to make some history. And um, to for me, like, and about a few of us, like at least five or six of us to leave the program better than it was when we first got here. And to be able to say that when you leave something, to me, there's nothing more like satisfying than to be able to say that. Um, and as a leader and as a veteran of the program, I take serious pride in being able to say that in so many different ways, not just softball performance, but from a culture standpoint too, um, we've just come such a long way. Like the growth individually and collectively, how we each have evolved and grown as you know, women of this world who are role models and as softball players, I, I'm just so proud of how, how long we've stuck through it together. You mentioned the the gold medal. You win a, a championship in the Pan Am Games in 2015. You get to do that on home soil. And yeah. uh, I know the the qualifiers, the Olympic event um, to get you into 2020 and now 2021 in Tokyo, that was on home soil. You've had so many big moments in international competition. One of the things that I love talking with softball and baseball athletes especially about is it feels like the bat and ball sports every country, every region on the globe, the style's a little bit different. The teams are built a little bit different. The athletes are different. The fans are especially different, which is something that I love. What about international competition? You're somebody who's had success in a lot of different avenues. You won a national championship in the United States in college. You get drafted and play professionally. But to play with Canada across your chest and to get to go into you know foreign countries and play in front of raucous crowds and um, to build these rivalries. I know, you know the United States, obviously, a, a successful national team. Mexico now, a very good national team um australia who's going to be in the olympic games what about the international competition um do you like and do you really uh, embrace as an athlete who gets to be a pillar of this for canada i think um one of the things that i love most about international competition is the genuine love for the sport of softball and just how genuine people are in growing the game and sharing experiences because it's about the game. Um, and I think that's a very rare experience. Like you're, you come across people from all over the world, um, all walks of life who have so many different experiences in their life. And when you talk to people from other countries, you can feel like they genuinely want to know about your story. They genuinely want to know about not only you as a person, but you as a softball player, they want, whether it be, you know, skill related or life related, it's cool to be able to just bounce ideas off each other and go back and forth because so many of us can relate to one another in so many ways, you know? So it's just like, I think just the love for the sport, I think is really, really cool. And in general, the, the softball is good, right? It, it's tough. 
the pitching's hard, the defense is good, the hitting is very good. Um, so I would say just overall, it's just, it's about the sport of softball and it's so much bigger than like us as individuals. And it's cool to be a part of that. Jen, you get to be now in a role on this team where, um, you know, in 2008 in the Beijing games, you're one of the young players. You're one of the rookies on the international stage um, in a manner of speaking. And now you get to be more of the, the veteran presence who can help some of those younger athletes okay, we're in the Olympic village. What do I do in this circumstance with, and obviously this year is going to be so different with uh, the whole pandemic situation, but media availability or meeting athletes from elsewhere, where do we get our food? All of that. How much do you, I know as being somebody who's coached and is, is taught younger players and all of that, how much you embrace that role of being somebody who can be kind of one of those guiding lights for, for other people in the program. Now that um, you're coming back into this Olympic uh, atmosphere in such a different stage in your career. Mm -hmm. Honestly, making an impact on lives is what gives me purpose in life. Um, it, again, it's not just about softball, right? Like I, it's just about how can I help somebody today? How can I make an impact on this person today? Um, so I think I'm, it's an honor for me to be able to be in that position for our national team to be able to say like, yes, I'm a leader. And yes, I'm a, I'm a veteran of the team and be able to feel um, trusted, not only by our coaching staff, but for my teammates to be able to come to me if they have a question about something, whether it's life-related or softball-related. I take pride in, you know, helping them feel comfortable that they can come to me whenever they need it about anything that's going on in their life and I'll do my best to help them in any way, shape or form. Um, and that's something that I, I just take a lot of pride in because I'll never forget like my master's project, my final presentation, the, the big bold words at the front of the presentations was impact and bold. And I just, that gives me purpose. And I, I just, I love it. It's what I thrive off of and it, it fills my bucket big time. This field that you will go into uh, the 2021 now um, rescheduled Tokyo 2020 games is loaded with every good storyline that I feel like we would want in a baseball or a softball Olympic field. You've got the, the reigning gold medalist in Japan from 2008 in Beijing, the United States, which is a, a powerhouse, your own side, which is a powerhouse, Australia, which is a team that, uh, you know, has, has played in really huge moments uh, on that scale over the last couple of decades. Italy will be there. Mexico will be there, which is kind of the upstart story uh, qualifying for the first time. And I know a team that, that your side is really familiar with um, from the, the America's qualifier, this group of teams, Tell me about what excites you with, um, you know, kind of all the things I just mentioned about out there are so many different varying storylines going into it, but the fact that you're going to get to play on a stage against the best of the best, and they've all got something different to offer. Mm -hmm. You kind of cut out just a little bit. Sorry. What's yeah. The, the last part of your question. No, just saying what excites you about the, the opportunity to go against all these different countries that are all super talented and all play something different to offer in a, in a tournament field like this. That's really such a, a short span of time too. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing just as a, as a whole, as you know, just people who represent the sport of softball and, hopefully you are going to get that opportunity to do that on the biggest stage of our lives. I just want to, I'm just so proud of everyone for sticking through this. You know, it's been just such a long journey for everybody involved. Like it's to your point, it's been over a decade since our sport had an opportunity to be showcased on that big of a stage. So I'm excited for everyone to get the opportunity to, showcase their preparation and compete. Um, I'm excited for the sport. I'm excited for, you know, individuals who have just sacrificed so much, committed their entire being mentally and physically into this process to be able to just give this a go and, you know, rep our sport and rock it on a world stage and, you know, show the world truly like how awesome the sport of softball really, really is because it's a fun sport to watch. It's fast. Um, it's athletic. You can, I mean, it's just a wonderful sport to watch. I'm obviously very biased, but, um, I'm excited for everybody 
all the countries to get that opportunity because I know just across the board that we've all been just like chomping at the bit, hoping, you know, that it would still be in. All right, Jen, final point for you. Uh, you get an opportunity to play for a gold or to play for a medal. Um, maybe even more incredibly than that, just the idea of that very first day when you're going to get a chance to stand on an Olympic field um, mm -hmm. and and put that uniform on. And uh, it'll be right out of the gate. You get a rematch with Mexico uh, on that first day, which is a couple of days before the opening ceremony. A softball will open the Olympic Games this year. Um, to have come so close in 2008, uh, to have been playing on the final day, falling in a, a tough matchup with Australia, not coming away with a medal. Now you have this chance. And it's, I don't want to paint it as a redemption thing because it's been so long and the world has changed so much. Um, but I would imagine that serves as motivation for you guys as the, as the veteran group. Um, this entire opportunity to think about what it'll feel like to be there in a baseball and softball crazy country, uh, to be on that field, to be playing for your national team again, and to have the opportunity to win uh, a medal. Mm -hmm. Now that we're a few months away, what are the emotions like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly exciting. Um, I think one thing that, you know, I have to be very conscious of is just not getting too far ahead of ourselves. You know, I mean, our roster officially hasn't even been chosen. So I just, trying to really, really, really um, take it like one moment at a time, right? One day at a time and just focus on being the best possible me, right? All up until that roster is chosen, you know, and if all goes well for me, just again, just day by day, moment by moment, and just being able to slow things down, really, you know, I think if all goes well, you know, with the roster, I think, one of the biggest things just from my experiences in some of the biggest games I've ever played is you can't let the moment get bigger than what it really is. And you can't make her make it bigger than what it is. The only thing that you can do is take care of the present moment. And um, if we can do that at the Olympics and just focus on, you know, winning, winning pitches, then winning innings and winning games, that medal is going to take care of itself. But if we look too far ahead, what color is the medal? Are we going to medal all of the things? Then you lose sight of the present moment and then just kind of boop, passes you by. So um, just really focusing on that present moment and just each day is just an add up to the very end. So. I think that's pretty great advice for all of us in the world that we currently <laughs> inhabit, especially after the last year. Uh, Jen Allen, it's so much fun to see you back as, as part of this program and getting ready and uh, enjoy the rest of the time. And in Fort Myers, I know you guys will be traveling uh, and doing some more touring around the, the U S to get ready for the Olympics, but uh, enjoy the, the next couple of months and, uh, and we'll see you out there. I'm not going to jinx it. Obviously the roster stuff has to go well, but we'll <laughs> just say to close the interview, we'll see you in Tokyo in a few months and, uh, and can't wait. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's awesome. And I appreciate all that you do for our sport. It's going to be exciting. I'm super excited for our sport as a whole. So thanks so much for the time. Best of luck the rest of the summer. Thank you. Continuing along on this month's episode of the global game for the World Baseball Softball Confederation and thrilled to be joined by the new manager of Team USA for the Olympic qualifiers set for the start of June in the state of Florida. And uh, that is Mike Socha who joins us. It's so good to see you. It's so good to talk to you. This is obviously, I would imagine, uh, kind of a frantic few weeks. We're recording this um, a few weeks ahead of the start of the qualifier. So still in the process of getting everything put together, but announced as Team USA manager a few weeks ago. How has this, uh, this been getting into this role? so far oh it's it's exciting i think um on a number of fronts i think first and foremost it's uh it's a privilege to uh, be asked to put the usa uniform on and try to lead a group of guys to um just a special goal of winning an olympic gold medal so um, i'm very excited about that and I'm, i feel very honored um that being said uh the work has been every day, uh, as much or more than I ever did when I was managing uh, in the major leagues or playing in the major leagues. Uh, and we're working towards our goal of putting the best roster together, together to, to together to first of all qualify, which we will do in the uh, the end, hopefully by the uh, you know beginning end of May in Florida, and then get into our goal of um, of going to Tokyo and winning a medal. It was um, nearly a month ago that you were officially announced to this role as a United States manager for 
the delayed 2020 Tokyo games. And um, as you first kind of got in, I know you've been doing some work with MLB, with USA Baseball on the amateur side and working with the youth levels and all of that. Um, when you were announced uh, as this position for, for the Olympic games, what are the initial steps for you to take? I mean, obviously you guys are in the process of, you know, putting together the roster, figuring out, I would imagine how to get everybody together, you know, ahead of the qualifiers and all of that. Take me through kind of the mechanics of how it, it first gets started. Well, uh, you know, you start with your basics and this tree has grown into a lot of different branches. We've got a lot of veteran guys that um, are affiliated with teams that are eligible for us that are playing in AAA now. Uh, we have a lot of veteran guys that were uh, not affiliated with teams that didn't have spring training that have been working out that stopped playing last year. So there's another branch. We have a lot of young and upcoming guys that we're following to make and still making decisions on uh, that are in playing maybe even the, uh, the, the high A, double A level up, into, up to triple A. So there's a lot of different uh, things that we're, we're, uh, that we're working on that we have to uh, coordinate. So uh, first and foremost is uh, looking at whether what, what a player's eligibility is. Is he, is he able to, uh, to come and join our, our uh, you know, join our journey? Um, uh, secondly, uh, you know, is he willing and is the organization willing to uh, let him go for the time that we would need him? And I think those two things, uh, the response has been incredible. Um, I think the GMs are behind this uh, uh, 100%. The players that are retired, uh, we're getting calls every day from guys that, that want to join the journey, want to put the USA uniform on. Uh, so we're going to, I think we're going to come down and have a, a very strong uh, club and you're going to need a strong club. We're playing against some terrifically, um, you know, terrific talent um, uh, in this tournament. So, uh, that's where we are right now. We're still building, putting things together, and uh, we have our staff together and hopefully organizing things to where we'll, we'll have the best chance to reach our goal. I think it's it's such a fascinating um, stage in people's careers so often when it seems like, especially for USA Baseball, uh, players get the international experience either as young guys or they come back to it later in their careers. And I think that's really cool, especially for a competition, you know, like the America's Qualifier coming up beginning of June and, um, you know, hopefully for, for your guys' sake, for Tokyo as well, uh, a little bit later on in the summer. But what is that balance like in finding kind of the right mix of, you know, like you said, you could have some high some high A guys, uh, some double A players who are very early on in their careers, maybe some guys with recent, you know, USA baseball experience. I know I saw Tristan Cass as the Boston Red Sox is rumored as being uh, a member of the roster. Potentially he was just a member of the, the U 18 club a few years ago that I broadcast games for up in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And so some of these guys had that experience really recently. There's also guys who, you know, could be nearing the end of their careers, but still really want to make this happen again. Eric Kratz played uh, for team USA in, uh, in premier 12, a couple of years ago, striking that balance between the veterans and the young guys what's that been like for you and how fun is that to find that mix uh it, it's uh it's exciting i think uh you know just going through a, a process uh when i played ball we never had anything um, like usa uh, baseball where uh you had an opportunity to go and play in a, in a, in a, in a real elite level uh we played our high school baseball we were on played a little bit of summer baseball growing up back east it was seasonal uh, but I never had that opportunity. So in, in understanding the whole setup, understanding, like you said, the, the, the guys that have played it on, on both ends that have played it coming up through the organization and now are coming up in the, in the, in the baseball and now on their way uh, down that ladder um, are still interested in playing. And that says a lot for, I think, the, the tremendous job the USA Baseball has done in cultivating the talent and letting this talent uh, get the exposure and play at a high level to where guys want to come back. Uh, so I think any young player uh, that has an opportunity uh, to, to experience this, uh, uh, you know, getting up into baseball from their teen years all the way up, um, it's such a great ride and such a great, uh, great experience for what their career is hopefully going to be that, uh, that I think every youngster should be excited to do it. One of the things about USA Baseball that I think is so interesting is, you know, the knock on on baseball and softball when they left the Olympics from people who were, I think, somewhat uh, less versed in the worlds of baseballs and softball is, oh, well, it's just an American-dominated sport. The United States has only won one Olympic gold medal. Um, and since that time, USA Baseball has turned into this galvanizing force in baseball across the landscape in the United States. Tell me about that culture. You touch on it with how they want to build a system and where players want to 
return to it. There are guys in the major leagues now. I think Albert Almora has played on seven different USA baseball teams at various levels throughout his right. career. What is the USA baseball culture like with so much talent that's come through these programs that now you can kind of draw on for uh, an experience like a qualifier or the Olympics? Well, one thing I think in, in the United States, there's no doubt that we have um, the most depth of talent in the world as far as layers and layers all the way down. You're going to see some really exciting players from um, – you know, from Dominican Republic, from Cuba, uh, from Mexico, from, um, you know, Canada. Uh, but no country has quite the depth that we do. Uh, it is our sport, and, and, and our sport is doing, uh, is doing very well. Uh, we need to continue to take it to the next level. Uh, the way we're used to playing this game of baseball is a little different than the way pool play has shown up. You know, we're, uh, uh, we're, we're used to going out there in a whole season, and you have the ebbs and the flows, and it's really – um, it's really a challenge of longevity to see who, who can play the, the best for the longest amount of time. And that's baseball's the, you know, it's, it's the only sport played every day in the world. Uh, we, we play 162 games in 180 days. So that's the schedule that we're used to. So now as you peel back and you look at uh, other countries and you see the, the talent, uh, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that the, the playing field is level, so to speak, because in pool play, uh, you know, anything can happen. Uh, it's, it's like going into the playoffs in baseball. Anything can happen. There's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of focus on each play. There's going to be a lot of focus on your ability to control situations. And that's what I hope we can do. So uh, there's no doubt that baseball is, uh, is a world game. Uh, if, you, if, if you just just sit back and just uh, try to absorb where it's played, how many guys are playing, and how many people are playing the game of baseball, it's a world game. Uh, and, and I would hope that it'll be recognized as that as we, we start to cultivate the, um, you know, the, the, the talent that's there. Uh, there's so many uh, talented kids that, it's, that, it's, uh, that, that haven't been tapped into yet uh, to experience baseball in the world. Uh, it's, it's the best game by far in my mind. And I would hope that um, you know, people making that decision would understand it because if it stays in the Olympics, I think it's going to have a, a, a huge impact. Uh, the WBC has shown uh, has shown this this game to the world, and you've seen some teams in WBC that have have, uh, have jumped up and and have uh, tremendous programs uh, in their country because of that. Mike, your staff will be uh, uh, not only a very veteran staff just in terms of coaching ability, but uh, in terms of their international experience. I know you've got Jerry Weinstein on your staff, who's actually Israel's manager in the World Baseball Classic a few years ago. But, uh, you know, Ernie Young has been on every USA Baseball staff at the, the highest levels for quite some time. Dave Wallace will be with you. Darren Fenster will be with you. Uh, Roly Diarmas will be with you. To have those guys and have all of their experience, um, you know, from playing days and coaching days, and now on the international side as well, these tournaments are so interesting because like you said ordinarily you know especially in your career you're used to managing for 162 games in 180 days this is a six-day sprint at least for the america's qualifier and then if you qualify for tokyo it's going to be very similar how much does it help having a staff that's so familiar with the the structure of usa baseball and being able to bounce things off of them and what this tournament feel will be like well it was real i opened it to myself not understanding the the uh, the concepts and how things um uh, you know how things are, uh, are are going to going to evolve. So to have guys like Jerry and Ernie and guys that have been in this um, you know in this environment for a long time, uh, it's it's uh, I made a quick study and I'll continue to make a quick study leading up to um, you know our qualifying games. Uh, there are some uh, significant differences in in uh, in uh, in how you're going to play the game. Uh, one one just real quick one is the run differential if it's a tiebreaker. Um, you know, in the game that we grow up with, if you're up, you know, 10 to two in the eighth inning, uh, you know, hey, you want to go play. If you hit the ball, great. But there's not going to be any stolen bases. There certainly won't be any bunting. Uh, you don't need to hit and run. You're not going to take the extra base. And these qualifiers, uh, you, every run could be critical. So uh, if you're up 10 to two, you want to get up 11 to two. And if you have to steal a base, you steal a base. So those little nuances don't sit well in professional baseball, but in this environment, uh, they're essential. And I think that every team knows going into it. So there are some differences that these guys are, are um, you know, getting me in tune with. I think in, uh, in roster management, um, fortunately we're going to 26 uh, um, man roster this uh, go around, which is gonna help tremendously in, uh, in taking some pressure off of some of our pitchers. And um, so we're, you know, we'll be ready when, uh, you know, when, that, when that bell rings in the end of May. 
one of the wrinkles coming into this qualifying season, uh, and not just for you guys, but really for all the teams this America's qualifier is the pushback start date of the minor league baseball season in the United States. Um, it's supposed to originally go in early April. Opening day is actually, we're recording this on minor league opening day, which is May 4th. So guys are not going to necessarily be in, I guess, mid-season form perhaps by the time you get them. They will be a few weeks into the season. Obviously, they've had camp and all of that. But um, how do you manage that with workloads and, and all those things? The fact that, you know, a lot of these guys going into the minor league season had the entire year off in 2020. They get back in, you know, and been training and doing all that stuff but you're really kind of ramping some guys up after a pretty lengthy layoff um how do you juggle that going into a, a situation um, like this i think guys are going to be ready i think uh pitchers are going to have plenty of time uh it's not like they just picked up a ball may 4th and you're you know you're you're moving on and hopefully get them in the may uh, these guys are are uh are in shape uh they've been throwing not only in games they have been been uh stretched out I think that any starting pitcher that we uh, that we have that's going to be on our roster certainly will have the ability to, to pitch deep into a game. Uh, I would I would you know say at the minimum 75 pitches, probably 90 to 100 pitches by the time we get guys in the end of May. So uh, they would have that ability. So uh, I think that as as a player, you're talking about somebody getting um, you know every month. Uh, you know, a guy, guy could very easily have uh, 80 to 100 at-bats. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for these guys to, uh, to get to be where they need. Uh, and uh, I think that I think they will be uh, close to where, uh, you know, or they will be in midseason form now. If they're in a little slump or they're a little banged up, that can happen any time of the season. But these guys will be close to hitting their peak and getting in stride um, with, uh, with the month that they'll have to play. So much of your career spent uh, in California and, and making baseball history and doing uh, pretty much anything that anybody can do in a career. And I know one of the people who was so formative in, in your baseball life was Tommy Lasorda. And I know our good friend JP Morosi uh, asked you this question in your press conference after you were introduced uh, as the manager of USA Baseball. But he is to this day the only manager to lead a USA team to a gold medal in the Olympics. And you said seeing the emotion of what that meant to him really left an impression on you. Take us through all of that, because Tommy Lasorda, one of the greatest characters in baseball history, I don't think we often think of him in the context of his emotion with um, anything other than his love of baseball in the the fun way, the I bleed Dodger blue way and all of that. There was something more, it seems like, for what he felt with being able to win gold in Sydney in 2000. Um, take us through what you remember about that and the impression oh, that it made Absolutely, on you. yeah. Tommy was a very emotional manager. Uh, we had a lot of success uh, as, uh, you know, being part of uh, Dodgers teams in the 80s uh, that, that, um, that won division titles, uh, won two World Series. Um, and you could see the emotion in Tommy that, that was there, but uh, there was nothing like the emotion he showed when they won the gold medal in 2000. I think it, it, it sums everything up about what Tommy was about. He, loves, uh, he loved this country. Um, he took the challenge and, and, uh, and, and got a team to win the gold medal. Uh, so uh, just in that context, I think we all feel, uh, we all feel the privilege it is to put a USA uniform on. Uh, we're we're going to obviously try to have the same goal that Tommy accomplished in, uh, in 2000 with that club. Uh, and if we would, would manage to reach our goal, it's going to have, uh, it's going to have an impact on all of our lives. So uh, we're excited about it, excited about the challenge in front of us, excited about our opportunity to get that Olympic gold medal, uh, but we're not going to miss any steps along the way. Uh, we know we've got to win pitch to pitch to qualify um, at the end of May, and that's what Tommy would talk about too, is there you can, if you look too far up that ladder, you're going you're gonna to miss a step, so we want to climb it one rung at a time, and I think, uh, I think that was his mantra when we played with the Dodgers, and, uh, and, and it worked, so um, We'll we'll, uh, we'll see how it unfolds, but we're excited with that opportunity and excited uh, to to hopefully follow in Tommy's footsteps about what he was able to accomplish with uh, Team USA. Mike, a few more for you, and I'll get you out of here. You go into this team field of eight. 
uh, for the Americas qualifier um, end of May and beginning of June. And in addition to the United States and your group, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and Nicaragua, um, you know, two of those teams played in a, a WBC title game just five years ago, six years ago now. Um, on the other side in Group B, Cuba, Venezuela, Canada, and Colombia, and we know all of the talent that comes out of those countries, there's always the, the conversation of going into an event like this. You're focused so much more, obviously, on yourselves and the roster you're building in your own work. Um, but with these other teams going in, um, how much do you get to prepare for what other rosters are going to look like or what you know about other coaching staffs or kind of the style that you're expecting from other teams, especially when it's only going to be a six-day tournament? How much of that advanced scouting and research goes into that? Uh, we know we're going to be playing good teams. Uh, we don't need to dwell on it. Um, as far as uh, what we need to know as a staff, we will certainly be acclimated with the foundation of teams and how they um, would use the players, exactly what, um, you know, what uh, op options they have um, to put some players in and, uh, and make some decisions that way. Uh, but I think we're going to focus much better in focusing on what we need to do, what we need to do as a team, uh, our pitcher-catcher relationship and make sure we're making our pitches, running the bases aggressively, understanding the fundamental um, – playing fundamentally sound uh, defensive baseball, playing an aggressive style of game that is going to help us to go up and, and win. Uh, nobody's going to give us anything. So we're not going to dwell on the talent uh, that we're playing. Uh, we're going to be facing good teams all the way, all the way through this tournament, but uh, we're a good team. Uh, we're very, very comfortable in the fact that, uh, that we're going to be able to uh, compete and do the things we need to do to, to uh, first qualify and then have an opportunity to hopefully go for a gold medal. Uh, so that's what we're going to focus on our club, what we need to do and bring that style of game onto the field every game we play. People remember uh, so much of your career um, and as a manager, obviously, from your days with the Angels and winning a World Series and the, the talented teams that you had there. This, like we have been discussing, is a little bit of a different feel because you're managing kind of short bursts with just a week-long tournament. But the identity of your team, if you were going to describe to someone uh, what you wanted this team to, to look like and feel like and play like for this Olympic qualifiers, how would you describe well, it? I think basic baseball is uh, if you're not pitching, you don't have a chance to win. So we're putting a lot of effort into, uh, into targeting a pitching staff that's going to be able to uh, control other clubs to give us a, our offense a chance to get going. Uh, we're going to play whatever style uh, our guys are capable of playing. You know, are, are there's a lot of names still being banded around. Um, if we become a batter's box offense team, obviously we're not going to run the bases aggressively. If we're a team that can put the ball in play, but maybe um, it's going to have a little less slug, we can make up with it with aggressive base running. So we will have time to put the pieces together, together and evaluate what the strengths are of the guys that we have in the group. And we're going to try to uh, let them go out there and, and play free and play baseball and do, do what they do best um, on hopefully a consistent basis. So uh, the makeup of our team is going to dictate the style of baseball that we'll play. But the first thing is uh, you have to pitch and you have to hold leads. And that's what we're putting a lot of our focus on right now. This one is a tough question to ask because we may not get a chance to talk after the qualifier, but I, I want to get your feeling if you thought about the idea, if you do qualify, whether it's through the America's qualifier or the final global qualifier in Taiwan, have you thought about the feeling of standing in Japan, wearing USA across your chest and hearing the national anthem for the first time, lining a baseline, knowing that you're in the Olympics, one of only six teams that will be doing that this year. Have you thought about what that could feel like, the emotions of that moment and just how big that is, especially after a 13-year gap since we last saw the Olympics uh, featuring baseball and an even lengthier gap since we last saw the United States uh, playing in these big moments uh, in, in Olympic baseball? I'm consumed with, uh, with one thing, and that's the task at hand. Our challenge right now is to put a team together that can make what you're talking about a reality. And that's what we're going to focus on. We're not going to be uh, thinking about what it's going to be like when we get to, uh, you know, a certain place. Uh, we've got an opportunity in Florida to hopefully uh, qualify. And that's going to be our intent. If we finish, if we don't qualify, we finish second or third, we're going to go to Taiwan with the same opportunity to qualify. And if we qualify there, then we'll talk about Japan. But right now our focus is, Florida, getting our team together, playing the type of baseball we're going to need to play to reach our goal. And that's what we're going to focus on. So I'm excited about the group of guys that we've been talking about. I think we're going to have a really exciting team uh, and we need to go out on the field and, and prove that. So that's where, what, we're going to, what we're going to focus on.
The perfect managerial answer. Mike, last question for you. I would never forgive myself if I had Mike Sosha on a Zoom call and I did not ask you this. You were featured in one of the most famous Simpsons episodes of all time, Homer at the Bat, in which you were uh, the consummate professional. You got to work at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, contracted radiation poisoning in the episode, unfortunately, uh, but one of the all-time greatest television episodes in history. What do you remember about that experience? And especially now, the fact that, you know, we're 20 plus, 30 plus almost years removed from that, the fact that you have dorky interviewers who are still like, tell me about that time you were in Homer at the Bat. Hey. There's nothing wrong with that question. Uh, my kids, my kids got the biggest kick out of that. They, you know, they talk about their dad being on the Simpsons, not playing in the major leagues. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on the Simpsons twice. And um, the first time I was just awed by the talent um, in that room. There's like two, two people, maybe a third person comes in and they're doing about 15 different voices, 15 different scripts. They're just, uh, they're just mega talented. Uh, funny, uh, they're just down to earth people. And, um, and it was really a blast. It was so much fun to do that one. And uh, I just, I, I always get little letters from fans and, um, and uh, a lot of them now are talking about the opportunity to be on The Simpsons. So it's something that our family holds uh, dear to their heart. And every, every uh, couple of years we'll put in homework to bat and, and uh, get a kick out of it. That is fantastic. And that's great to know because I do that every couple of years as well. Mike Zosha, the manager of Team USA for the America's Qualifier coming up May 31st to June 5th. Mike, uh, so excited to see you in this role and so excited to see the roster that you guys are able to put together. And uh, hopefully I'll be seeing you down in Florida in a few weeks and, and best of luck. Can't wait to, to get it back out there. We'll be ready and uh, thanks a lot. We're excited. do it for this episode of the global game from the world baseball softball confederation wbsc gearing up for an entire summer full of baseball and softball and baseball five events across the globe and we are uh, so thrilled that we are getting closer and closer to all of those like i said the baseball america's qualifier may 31st to june 5th in the u.s state of florida as eight countries try to punch their ticket to the tokyo games coming up later on this summer softball field already set and a massive thanks to jen salling for joining the show uh, from softball canada as she and her teammates get ready to go for their pursuit of a medal and uh, and some hallowed status in the Canadian sports spectrum later on this summer as uh, softball will open the Olympic Games in Tokyo this year, a couple of days before the opening ceremony. And massive thanks as well uh, to Mike Sosu, USA Baseball's manager, who was uh, such a good sport in uh, letting me ask him questions about the Simpsons and such. Mike Sosu, you can just tell how much this means to him to be able to have this opportunity to help try to lead USA Baseball back to the Olympic Games uh, for the first time in 13 years. And this is a United States team that won a gold medal in 2000. Some people forget USA Baseball did not even qualify for the Olympic Games in 2004. So it's been uh, a lengthy wait for USA Baseball to return to the Olympic stage uh, in a manner that they feel is befitting the talent uh, that you heard Mike Sosha talk about early on in our conversation today um, and uh, try to make a push toward the top of the medal podium. And a, a huge thanks to him as well as he and his team will get set to go coming up on May 31st. My name is Tyler Mon. Thank you so much for joining us again on another edition of the Global Game from WBSE. You can find information on the qualifying events and everything else that's coming up uh, this summer and later on into the year, our whole calendar for baseball, softball, and baseball five events across the globe at WBSE. Org, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else. Uh, WBSC has a presence everywhere and very excited for uh, the days to continue to dwindle between now and Olympic softball and Olympic baseball. So we will say goodbye for this episode and we'll talk to you next time on the global game from WBSC. <laughs>